Josh Hopper kicked off South Carolina week with his Monday press conference. What did he have to say about Spencer Rattler and the Gamecocks? What about last year's game? Is there any carryover to this year's game? Hopefully not for the Volunteers, right? Plus all your questions, that and a whole lot more. It's your Tuesday, Locked On Balls. You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, good Tuesday, everybody. Welcome into it. This is Locked On Balls. It is your team every single day. I'm your host, Eric Kane. Shout out every day for making Locked On Balls your first listen. This episode is brought to you in part by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use that promo code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Got a fun show here today. Uh, Going to look back at Josh Heupel's weekly press conference, kind of tying a bow on the UTSA win for Tennessee, and then looking ahead to South Carolina. We'll continue to look and preview and talk about South Carolina as the week goes on. It's going to be a really good opponent. Um, the best quarterback right now in the SEC. Uh, no ifs, ands, buts about it. He's playing better than Jaden Daniels. Um, he's better than uh, KJ Jefferson, better than Joe Milton, better than Devin Leary, uh, better than Will Rogers, better than anybody else that might kind of come to mind. Um, it's down year for quarterback in the Southeastern Conference. Southeastern Conference kind of down right now as well. That means they're not going to win the national championship, but you know, point uh, point of the matter is you've got Spencer Rattler who's playing the best ball of anybody right now coming to Neyland Stadium. So it's going to be a challenge, going to be a big challenge. What's Josh Heupel have to say about him, South Carolina, any carryover from the game last year, all that and more uh, coming up here in a matter of moments. Uh, plus mailbag questions when you guys take over the show every single Tuesday right here on Locked On Balls. Let's go ahead and hear from Josh Heupel. What did he have to say as we kind of close the book on UTSA uh, about the Joe Milton injury? Obviously, he kind of tweaked his knee a little bit. There was a picture floating around of him going to get an MRI Sunday afternoon. Is Joe Milton going to be available? Kind of what's what's the deal there? Here's Josh Heupel on his quarterback injury status in Joe Milton. Yeah, I can't believe it took this long to get that question. So, uh he, uh, you know, for us, I know there's a picture out there, um, but uh, uh, for us routinely on Sundays, we're going to make sure that our players are, are healthy. Um, you know, we have a di- diagnosis in, inside and uh, with our doctors, but uh, we're going to make sure that medically they, they check up on them as well. And uh, Joe's been good, feels good. Uh, he was with us today, so anticipate him being ready to go play really well. Yeah, there was a picture floating around Sunday afternoon of Joe Milton waiting at KOC to get a uh, to get an MRI. And again, MRIs are very common. Um, it's not it's not a huge thing. Just kind of what Josh Heupel was saying, just kind of making sure that uh, everything is okay. But sounds pretty confident. I know everything with uh, you know with injury status, you got to take with a grain of salt. But I do think Tennessee's quarterback Joe Milton's going to be okay. And you got to ask that question. That's how. Uh, Josh Hopple answered it right there. Uh, looked like, especially in the first half, that Tennessee was back to playing Tennessee tempo. Tempo Tennessee, if you will. Um, it kind of slowed down in the second half a little bit, but what was that? Uh, did Josh Hopple notice that as well? And towards the end, he kind of talks about them not checking a whole lot to the sideline. I'll have a comment on that here in a moment, but here's Josh Hopple's comments on the tempo for Tennessee on Saturday and how it was much improved. Yeah, a week ago I, I talked about you know self-inflicted wounds, not playing smart on the offensive side of the football, uh, hurting ourselves. And in this last one, we didn't do those things. So that allows you to play in tempo, allows you to be uh, ahead of the chains or, or in uh, you know manageable situations where you're not in third and 15. And, and uh, that helps everybody out. It helps your quarterback out. It helps your offensive line out. It helps us stay in rhythm, helps us move the football. 
Well, yeah, we really haven't done a bunch of checks uh, to the sideline. Uh, Joe, you know, controls most of the football game for us, and and uh, that's been true since we got here. So that's not really something that uh, has slowed us down typically. Well, I'm going to have to disagree with that last segment right there, Coach. Um, we all watched the Florida game whenever there was no tempo, and you were constantly looking over to the sideline. So maybe you don't do it as often, and I'm sure I didn't. I didn't see much of that in the. Uh, uh, in the UTSA game, so I mean, I'll give them that. But um, the check with me stuff, it was very, very, very relevant and uh, present and persistent uh, in the Florida game. But he is, he's also right. I mean, you went from having seven offensive penalties or ten penalties in a game, none of which came on the offensive end and for, at Florida, and you went to having five penalties and just maybe one that comes to mind about an offensive lineman. So, again, nature of the beast, you're playing at home um, and all that type of stuff, but it's easy to play in front of the sticks when you're not penalizing yourself, and it's easy to have tempo uh, when you're not doing that as well. Uh, Dylan Sampson, big-time game, monster game, getting him involved uh, in the game plan moving forward, and obviously um, you know, his thoughts about you know being probably a little upset about not being a part of the game plan at Florida. Dylan's a great teammate in here, and, and yeah, he wanted more touches for sure uh, the previous week, and, and uh, you know, for whatever reason, we just didn't get that done. But um, he's the same guy inside of the building and, and competitive and cares and, and um, embraces every role that, uh, that we put him in. He competes for those roles too, um, but he's dynamic. And, uh, you know, the things that he does at the line of scrimmage that are real subtle, Pressing, you know, the aiming points, delivering a center guard, guard tackle, combination to the second level, being able to feel things that are happening on the backside of the run when it's fast flow over the top to be able to come out the backside. Uh, those are all really special. Everybody sees, you know, his gift when he gets to the third level, make people miss the ability and speed uh, to take it the distance. But it's the things that he does early in the run that uh, give him the ability to get to that spot. You got to have more Dylan Sampson moving forward. You know, Jalen Wright is your RB one, and I like the fact that Tennessee again. We talked about it all offseason about how you know Tennessee's got a running back room that's deep, and you trust some guys. They're going to give the ball to Jabari Small some. They trust him, um, but but they they need to be intentional and they need to find ways to continue to work Dylan Sampson in the offense because once he gets to that second level, especially the third level, I mean, he's gone. Like he, he's got that breakaway speed, and that's good. And so. You got to start seeing some more of Dylan Sampson, that's for sure. All right, let's now flip the script, move towards South Carolina. Josh Heupel was asked, you know, uh, it's kind of a one-off, right? I mean, it, it's it's one game as the next game, then you focus on the next game. But he was asked, you know, is there any carryover, any residual effect about the South Carolina game from last year and looking at it into this year? Here's how Josh Heupel kind of what about answering that question? Yeah, it's a new week every week. It's a new year or two. Um, uh, you know, last year uh, they were more physical than us. Um, they competed harder than we did uh, on that night. Um, you know, we didn't handle the the environment the right way. Uh, those were lessons that you know had to continue to move forward with us as a, as a program. But uh, you know, last year has nothing to do with this week. Last week has nothing to do with this week. You know, the previous play has nothing to do with the next one, man. We got to focus on our preparation and and uh, and be ready to have a great competitive spirit for for four quarters. Okay, you got to say that, and that's the right answer. He did a good job. You have to say that. Uh, but I got news for you, <laughs> just like for you and for me and for Tennessee fans and for uh, really college football fans. You know that game, South Carolina at Tennessee. It's been circled. On the calendars, it's been that way on Josh Hopple's fridge at his house as well. Um, I can promise you that. Not only because you got beat, okay, 
it knocked you out of playoff contention. You got your butt whipped, and and I'll continue to say this. I mean, you know, the hand gestures and the pointing and all that type of stuff for Shane Beamer on the sideline last year. But at the end of the day, South Carolina whooped Tennessee's butt, so he has every right to do that. Um, I know the you know, I made comments, and I got crushed for it at SEC Media Days by South Carolina fans. Um, it happened, but in saying that, Shane Beamer had every right to do that. He was beating Tennessee's tail, but doesn't mean you're not going to remember that. And so if there's one game on the schedule that Josh Heupel would win by 100 if he could, not saying he can, just saying if he could, it's this one right here. So that's a good answer from Josh Heupel. That's the right answer. It's the it's it's the answer you're expecting. But uh, this is the game that you want. This is the game that you want uh, in, in a huge, huge, huge manner for sure. And then uh, I kind of spoke on it a, a moment ago, but Spencer Rattler, man, he's playing arguably best best quarterback uh, in, in the SEC. And, and we'll get into it. And how he's doing it, but uh, he's got he's got hardly any help, especially no help in front of him on the offensive line. What makes him unique? What is he doing well? Uh, Josh Heupel, former pretty good quarterback himself, talking about Spencer Rattler in his Monday press conference. Uh, he's a really good player. Uh, he's played at a uh, high level. Uh, he's played a lot of football. Uh, he's playing extremely well right now. Um, he was uh, dynamic in that football game, uh, but he has that uh, in his arsenal. And uh, you know, for us. The line of scrimmage is important, and um, we got to do a really good job. Uh, we got to get them in third and longs. Last year, we didn't get off the field in third and longs, and, and you know that some of that was coverage, some of that was uh, some of that was him extending and making some some really special plays. Uh, we got to do a great job of bottling them up and applying pressure at the same time. He's played a bunch of football. Uh, he understands coverages, sees rotations. Uh, you know, he takes himself to the right spot based on the coverage and the beaters that they have up on their schemes. Uh, he's got the ability to extend and make plays with his feet. He's accurate with the football. You got to do a great job. Um, you got to control the line of scrimmage. You got to apply pressure to him. You can't let him out of the pocket at the same time. Uh, when they when he does scramble, you got to match the, the personnel out in space. Uh, he created a bunch of big plays against us last year outside of the pocket. Um, he's a really good football player. That, that poses a problem. Uh, we got to do a really good job up front and on the uh, second and third levels in our in our coverage. It's a lot of good things to say about Spencer Rattler, and again, deservingly so. And, and I'll break down the nitty-gritty on how that Tennessee game just flipped the script, just completely flipped the script for Spencer Rattler last year. And uh, Tennessee's having to deal with them again this go-around earlier in the season. So uh, that and a whole lot more as the week continues right here on Locked On Balls. Do want to tell you about our friends before we get into the uh, mailbag portion of the show, I do want to tell you about our friends over at Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry about the tickets you're buying for your next event, whether that's sporting event, a concert, theater, whatever that case is. They have the fast and easy way to buy all the tickets that you want, all the tickets near you. With killer last-minute deals on all-in prices, views from your seats, with their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Uh, easy to find tickets for every single kind of event in your area. Views your seats before the uh, before you can purchase it from the venue and the lowest price guarantee, plus event cancellation protection and job loss protection as well. Game time is there to have your back. All in prices show your total upfront, so you know you're so you know what you're getting a, a with a. Let me try that again. So you know you're getting a great deal without a hidden fee. Is there was something that drove by my window and it kind of distracted me. I know I can't read usually, but that really did distract me. All right, back into it, game time. Uh, buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Game time's got deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, even an hour after it starts. It's the best place 
to find the last minute seats. Uh, with zone deals, you pick the section and game time will pick the seats for an average of 18% savings. Plus, that game time guarantee means uh, you'll you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the promo code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code Locked On College for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, guys, welcome back into your Tuesday edition of Locked On Balls. Appreciate you guys for being here. Now it's time for you, everydayers, to take over the show with some mailbag questions. We'll start with East TN Vol. What is the deal with not playing Nico with a big lead in the second half? Are they afraid of making a web controversy, or is he just not the guy? Don't get me wrong, big Joe Milton fan, and want him to get what he has earned, but we need to build depth as well. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I commented on this a little bit on yesterday's show. I mean, I, I mean, like, what are you doing here? Up 31 to nothing, your quarterback's got a knee brace on and a limp, and you're going to put him back in the game? I mean... Goodness gracious. Well, what if they come back? It's too early. Well, that already happened. I mean, you came back. Tennessee's offense looked like crap. Tennessee's defense looked like crap. And uh, you had uh, UTSA that scored twice pretty quickly to begin that second half. Tennessee came back and scored a couple of times and looked good doing it. And that's great to see. But Nico and the entire second team offense needed to be in there earlier. Brent Hubs made a good comment, uh, made a good observation on the Rocky Top Rewind Sunday night. You know, you look at the defensive backs and you got Ricky Gibson being, you know, thrown in there to get some reps, and Andre Turrentine thrown in there to get some reps, and some of these younger guys who are working in there, intertwined around the starters. Maybe it's easier to do it that way. Whereas on offense, it's got to be a, you know, a unit swap, or you know, it just kind of feels that way. So I don't know. Uh, they should have played them a whole lot more. Uh, that was a missed opportunity for sure. Just because you need somebody to get reps. If for the reason like you mentioned, and you know what, when, when Joe Milton went down and grabbed his knee the other night, it's like, oh crap, you're starting quarterbacks. It looks like he's hurt and he prop, you know, he jumped right back up, but that's not gonna be the last time that he gets banged up a little bit this season. It's a contact sport. Uh, should have, should have, should have played them earlier for sure. Let's go to Trevor. See here before the season started, Joe Milton was thought to be a first round draft pick. Some, and by some, I mean I heard it once, <laughs> in the national media believed he could play his way into being a top 10 pick. How much do you think that has changed? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's the Anthony Richardson situation. I mean, look, look at Anthony Richardson last year. Look at his college career. Nothing to write home about. Nothing at all to write home about. Um, I know he's got, it's very early into his NFL career right now, and he actually missed this past week with a concussion, but... I mean, he's, look, he's looked all right so far. My, my point is, big, freak athlete, stuff like that. That's what Anthony Richardson is. That's what Joe Milton is. So if you have any type of success, you're going to get that hype. And once the NFL Combine rolls around, Joe Milton's going to get a ton of hype. ton of hype. I don't know if we're going to be talking top 10 or anything, um, but I still think the hype's going to be there. Now, will he be drafted in the first round? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It's way too early. If he plays you know, well and does some things this season, then I think, I think that's a great possibility simply because, again, he's just a physical freak. He's got all these tools. you got to put it all together. But still, Anthony Richardson never really put it together in college, and he was the fourth overall pick. So from that aspect, maybe it hasn't changed. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I, it's a good question. I mean, we're sitting here at the end of September. I don't know. May, maybe that can change as the season goes along. But I just look at Anthony Richardson. He didn't do jack crap in college, and he was the fourth overall pick. Straight, straight on potential, straight on potential. So uh, maybe, maybe that can be a Joe Milton. Let's go to Willie the Kid here. 
Willie Kitt says, for Joe Milton to outduel Spencer Rattler, what needs to happen? Oh, man. For Joe Milton to outduel Spencer Rattler, what needs to happen? Tennessee needs to be able to run the football effectively. Um, I like that Tennessee took shots down the field, even though it didn't connect on all of them. Took shots down the field on Saturday. Actually, only connected on one of them. A lot of you guys are making fun of me from yesterday saying, oh, those those close passes. I mean, I hear you. I hear you. You know, close only counts and hand grenades and horseshoes. I get you. Um, but anyway, I like the fact that they did those because it stretches the defense. You have to respect it. Tennessee wasn't throwing deep the first couple of games of the season. Just wasn't. It stretches the defense, the ability to do that. And, you know, keeping the... Uh, you know, keeping it on that zone read right there with with, uh, with Joe Milton play number one shows that Joe can keep it and, and will keep it from time to time. And so all that type of stuff stretches the defense, even if you don't do it all the time. Uh, anyway, back to your point, uh, you, the run game needs to be there. Um, you need to protect Joe Milton. You need to connect on some deep balls. Continue taking some shots, connect on some of those. But more than anything, it's like what needs to happen? Well, you need to you need to play good defensively. You need to contain Spencer Rattler. He's going to run around a little bit. His offensive line's not very good. You need to contain him. Don't let him extend plays and get open. He throws really well on the run, whereas Joe Milton really doesn't. And so you need to bring him down. Make matters tough for Spencer Rattler. Uh, what do you make of VFL Joshua Dobbs getting his first NFL win last Sunday? Sad it took him this long to get an ideal fair shot. Dude's a straight gamer. Yeah, it's great to see Joshua Dobbs uh, getting that opportunity and uh, you know getting that win. I Arizona's record's not going to be good this year. They are straight up tanking, straight up tanking. And as long as they're making it look competitive enough, that's what the uh, you know, that's what the that's what the big big wigs up in that front office are wanting, right? But still, Joshua Dobbs getting a new lease on life. He's earned another contract in the NFL, another year at least. Um, he's smart. He doesn't turn the football over. Um, he's again, I'll say it again, he's super smart. <laughs> And that's why people love him. And he's athletic, too. He's had a couple of big plays with his legs, um, so it's been good. For the most part, again, he's not putting the football in harm's way, and so it was great to see him uh, get that win the other day. Really great to see him. And, and, and again, because of his play, he's probably earned another year in the NFL. And, um, boy, what a career uh, before his other career and, and uh, you know, going and doing some stuff at NASA probably. <laughs> um, let's move on. Got a couple more here, and then we will um, – We'll, we'll take a short break and get into some more of your questions on the other side. Let's go to Miller 2.0. Do we see more freshman corners going forward? Gibson and Matthews looked very athletic coming in in the second half. Yeah, Ricky Gibson didn't play an awful lot. You know, he played early, played early in that game on the road in Florida, and then didn't play as much as I thought he would early on in this game against UTSA. Kind of puzzling. I'm not going to pretend that he did everything right. Now, Pro Football Focus said that he wasn't targeted, therefore he didn't give up any receptions. But, you know, w was he sound in his time at Florida? You know, did he let anybody run free? I don't know the answer to that. Um, but I, I, they need to continue to push Ricky Gibson. They got to push Ricky Gibson. Jordan Matthews I like. I think he's going to be good. But I think Gibson's um, in front of him right now. So, We'll see. Uh, Danico Slaughter, when he gets healthy, I mean, that's going to continue to push Gibson down the down the uh, priority list here, but um, they need to continue to bring him along, in my opinion. All right, we'll go ahead and take that break right now. We'll come back. We'll finish out some of your questions here on a mailbag portion of the show. Uh, it's when you get to take over the show every single Tuesday right here on Locked On Vols. I want to tell you about our friends over at DoorDash. Missing the syrup for your pan pancakes? 
just ran out of your favorite coffee creamer? With DoorDash grocery delivery, you can get what you want right when you need it. Uh, you got to trust the DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites now. And you can also get the grocery delivery that actually delivers too. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. You'll get exactly what you ordered or they're going to make it right. So <laughs> sit back and enjoy the quality of groceries just like you pick them up from the store yourself. Want even more value? You can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with Dash Pass membership. With an easy substitution right in the app and the best-in-class customer support, DoorDash delivers groceries exactly how you want it. Get 50% off your DoorDash order and up to $20 value when you use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE at checkout. Limited time offer, terms apply. That's 50% off up to a $20 no minimum subtotal and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. Don't forget, that's promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. All right, guys and gals, one final segment left here on the Tuesday edition of Locked On Balls. We'll look into those pro football focus grades, the stuff that matters. Uh, we will um, catch up with Josh Ward, all that coming up on tomorrow's show. Uh, Going to cross over with Locked On Gamecocks later in the week. A really, really, really talented guy that knows his team, so I encourage uh, you guys to give that a chance and, and listen to his perspective. He does a really, really good job, and of course, uh, we'll uh, we'll connect with Boogie Bentley again later in the week. So a fun week coming up here on Locked On Balls. Let's get back into your Twitter Tuesday questions. Kurt says, do you think games like UTSA and Austin P can or will have an effect on players deciding to enter the transfer portal at the end of the season? Games where they should have gotten a lot of playing time but ultimately didn't because we had to keep starters in. Maybe. Maybe. Um, again, I'm all for the first-team offense working out the kinks. Defense is rotating. Defense is rotating. Um, I'm all for the first team offense, you know, working out its kinks. I get it. I know it's important, but I mean, goodness gracious, like <laughs> you need to see Nico in there getting some reps. You need to see Caleb Webb and Chaz Nimrod getting some reps. Now they did the other day because of some injuries. Obviously, you need to see some of these young offensive linemen getting some reps. I mean, goodness gracious, Addison Nichols had every opportunity in the world to take that center job and he couldn't. Does that mean that he's not going to be the center when Cooper leaves? I don't know yet. Is it going to be Vice and Lang? If it's going to be Vice and Lang, get him some reps. You know, get him some freaking reps. He's a true freshman, right? Um, so, yeah, to answer your question, I think it could potentially. It's just the era that we live in, right? You've always got uh, to recruit your guys. Even the guys that are on your roster, <laughs> you got to continue to recruit them. Let's go to Thomas here. What is left tackle uh, John Campbell's status after the injury on Saturday? And we'll see. Again, I think a lot of these guys could have went back in the football game. I do. I think a lot of these guys could have went back in the football game. Uh, Josh Hopple didn't, you know, mention much after the game on Saturday. He didn't mention much on Monday outside of, you know, ask specifically about Joe Milton. It's honestly just one of those you got to talk to some people, wait and see when they kind of return to practice today. You know, they come back in and watch the film and work out and stuff on Monday, but they they hit the practice field on Tuesday. Practice Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, Friday and then play on Saturday. You know, they have a walkthrough there on Thursday and Friday. But anyway, um, we'll just have to see kind of as the, the week goes on. He looked fine on the sideline. He was engaged. He didn't have his helmet, but he was engaged. He was talking. He was in the huddles, just like Brew McCoy, just like Aaron Beasley. Those guys look fine. Um, are they fine completely? I don't know. You know, we'll see. But um, 
hopefully I'll get some clarity on that as the week goes on. Big Orange Heupel says, what does the starting lineup for the offensive line look like? Yeah, it depends on injuries. Uh, again, just kind of um, uh, kind of what I was just saying. Hopefully we'll have a better idea as the week goes on. I do think as of right now you'll see Cooper Mays play this week. That's just my personal opinion. I know uh, AwesomePriceFallQuest.com put out an update Sunday night. It feels like that uh, Cooper's getting close to uh, getting out there and making a making an actual impact. So um, does that mean he starts? I would assume so. If he can play, and he's going to play, and the plan is to play him in a, in a football game. I believe that he would start. So if that's the case, and you know Campbell is just a minor injury, I think it'll go Campbell left tackle, Andre Kirik left guard, Cooper Mays your center, Spragans your right guard, and probably Crawford still is your right tackle. But man, you got to play Mincy. Mincy, heavy dose of rotating in there. You got to continue to play Mincy. And then if Cooper's back in full go here in a little bit, I mean, once you you played some of this game, you have the, you have the off week to kind of get your feet under you and you get back in shape, do you toy around with the idea of having Ollie Lane kind of rotating at left guard? I think you need to because I don't think left guard is a very good spot for you right now. That's just my opinion. Um, I think you need to. I think you need to. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see exactly what that looks like again as uh, as the week goes on. Let's go to an orange sea lion. Kane or hot take. The club seats behind the Tennessee bench are ruining the atmosphere on game day. At any given point, 25 to 50% are in the club instead of in their seats. I've seen that from a lot of people. I have heard that from a lot of friends that go to the games. I've seen that on social media. You want those seats to be filled for sure. Um, but also you pay for that ticket. It's a pricey ticket. You deserve to go in there and go inside and get a beer and uh, go to the bathroom with no lines and all that type of stuff. I get it. I get it. But um, I think that's a fair take. I do. also think it's fair to have those seats in there because it's a moneymaker. Uh, Briar says, how well do you believe this Dante Thornton pickup is aging? It feels like he is getting less and less reps and targets. He was made out to be a game changer for us in the offseason, but yet it feels like he is nowhere to be found. Personal issue or performance-based? Yeah, man, I was high. Just like, let me rephrase that. I was not high. <laughs> I was not high. Don't clip that out. Don't put that on social media. I was high on Dante Thornton in the offseason. Uh, I was, man, and I still am. I still think that he's a freak, and it's funny we ask um, – Joey Halsley, you know, in the uh, awesome price did I believe in the press conference last week, and he was like, in the, in the offseason, you called him freak, and he's like, well, let me stop you right there. He still is a freak. It's just a ma matter of learning this offense, learning the tempo, learning everything that goes along with it. But he's made mistakes. That miscommunication with Joe Milton during his 0 for 8 stretch, uh, when Joe threw it deep and, and you know, t Thornton just kind of stopped. I mean, that was on Thornton. Um, he's had a couple of drops that have been, like, kind of ugly. Um, I think eventually he's going to get it. He's too talented not to. Um, but right now, it's it's not aging well, to answer your question, because he's not been a huge factor. But I think you go over there and talk to anybody in that in that program, and they're still going to say the same thing. Like, dude's got all the tools. Dude can be a freaking stud here uh, once it clicks. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, we will see. I'm telling you guys, don't go back and make that a clip out. Don't go back and make that a clip out. Let's go to Bazooka Joe here. Seems like the offense runs very well until it gets off track, and then it never gets back. Uh, looks to me like play calling in these situations is very stagnant compared to when Golish was calling plays. What needs to happen to remain on track, and how uh, can it get back on track after adversity? It's a good question. Um, I don't know, man. Like, 
you look at that first drive of the third quarter offensively, you know, the first play should have been picked off. It was a lazy pass by Joe Milton, one of his few, you know, really bad plays of the season. That safety was coming down. He should have picked that off and walked in the end zone. After that, I believe he got stuffed on second and 10, then it's third and 10. You got to avoid third third and long. Um, you, you really got to avoid third and long. If you're third and manageable, if you're third and five or less, third and six and less, you're giving yourself a chance. Too many times, I mean, think back at the Florida game whenever you're having all those pre-snap penalties, you know, third and 12, third and 15, third and 11. You got to avoid third and long. I guess that's kind of how I answer those questions. It's so much easier to call third and four than third and eight. So much easier to call fourth and one than third and nine. You know, that's just kind of kind of the nature of the beast. Um, let's we got one more, I do believe. Maybe we have more than one more. Hmm. Nope. Nope. Okay, we got one more. Uh, one more. It is from Christopher Welch on the YouTube channel. About to go into his fifth game of the year already. Those almost caught passes, and I know I was referencing a couple of you guys. I really wasn't talking about you, Chris. <laughs> but uh, those almost caught passes need to be caught at this point. Uh, the timing is getting better between Joe and the receivers, but it needs to uh, take another huge step between now and Saturday. South Carolina is a pretty legit team this year. A&M is looking like they are coming around as well. I don't see anyone in the SEC playing championship-level ball yet. I agree with that, even Georgia. Uh, and uh, Tennessee is 0-1. We definitely need to understand we aren't blowing anyone out this year and just hoping to get our plus one and keep moving. Go balls. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good comment there, Christopher. Um, I agree. You need to get your mindset. You need to get out of the mindset of 2022 balls. Different team. To this point, you're not showing the ability to score 50 points and blowing you know some SEC team out of the water. Again, you play one SEC game, so you've had one bad game overall. Like, you know, let's see where this team is in a month. Um but by that point, your season's made made or break broke, right? So, um, but I agree with you. You need to get that mindset. You need to get out of that mindset a little bit. Just continue to have positive momentum, leaning forward, uh, and going. Um, as far as those almost caught passes, I mean, yeah, I agree with you for sure. Um, you need to reel some of those in. Tennessee would not take the chances down the field the first three three weeks of the season. Really wouldn't. And I'm just glad they did. You're not going to connect on all of them. You're, you're just not. You're simply not. But I'm just glad they took those shots down the field in this football game because, again, it makes the defense prepare for it. It makes the defense say, okay, well, we it stretches the defense, whether you hit them or not. Um, and that's a good thing for Tennessee's offense. But, you know, that one to um, you know Chaz Nimrod down the sideline, boy, you love for that to connect. The one for to Ramel Keaton where he got hurt, you love for him to finish that one off. Uh, the miss to squirrel white in the end zone, you'll want that one back. The miss to squirrel white down the seam, you want that back. Uh, there were some misses too uh, that you know were were not almost caught that you want back. But I agree with you. you know, some of those need to be hauled in, and you need to be creating some explosive play. So it's got better. To your point, you're you're seeing the receivers come around. They were bad the first two weeks of the season. They've been getting better, and I think Joe's been getting better. Um, I know a lot of Joe haters out there. That's fair. I'm not telling you you shouldn't hate on them. It's your right as a fan. Uh, that's fair. But I think you'd be naive to believe that you're not seeing any improvement in him. He is not the same guy he was in 2021. That is for sure. He's not the same guy he was in 2021. That's just facts. Now, is it good enough? Up for debate. Uh, we'll continue to debate, talk, preview, all that good stuff right here on Locked On Balls as the week goes on. Tennessee and South Carolina, pretty big announcement last night, right? We'll talk more about that as the week goes on as well. This is Locked On Balls.